One last comment from Twitch. GTA WWE said Durbin would pay you to work for you. So I could probably get Mike Durbin back. And and Mike would probably. That might be accurate. That might be accurate. Uh, Mike Durbin show. Let me see if I get this right. Austin C-Scope Towsley is on Mike Durbin's show as well. He is an AEW super fan, and he is on Mike's show to talk about how he's worn an AEW t-shirt 370s in a row. Oh, come on, bro. That's the last time I'm going to ever let you promote anything on Durbin if he has a stupid guy like that again. Way to go, Mike. Welcome to the Mike Durban Show, episode number 42. Thank you so much for listening. On this episode, I have uh, the star of this great documentary that I watched a couple weeks ago. It's a documentary called Nintendo Quest. I found it on Amazon Prime. Uh, If you're a fan of old school Nintendo games and old school video games in general, or just a fan of documentaries, you are going to love this movie. Check it out. I have the star of the documentary, Mr. Jay Bartlett, on the show today. Jay also has a great Star Wars YouTube show. You can find him on YouTube. And also him and the director of Nintendo Quest, Mr. Rob McCallum, have another project in the works right now that is of great interest to me. I think it's finished and it's going to be premiering pretty soon. It's called Action Figure Adventure. So I can't wait to see that and you should watch it also. I want to take this time to thank Joe Feeney for getting me all these sponsors lately. Uh, It's really, really awesome. Joe works so hard for uh, my show and for all the shows on Creative Control. Check them all out. They're all awesome. I also want to thank the listeners who bought Blue Chew using my code. Uh, There was a few of you. I don't know who it is. I understand you want to be anonymous. (laughs) Uh, But thank you guys. Whoever bought it, thank you so much. They renewed with the Mike Durban Show for another two months. So thank you guys, whoever did. If you want to send me an email, let me know how Blue Chew is working for you. I'm interested to find out. Please follow me on social media. I am at Mike Durband on Twitter. That's D-U-R-B-A-N-D. On Instagram, it's Mike underscore Durband underscore show. And most importantly, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Michael Durband. Also, Joe Feeney has a new YouTube channel. I think it's just Joe Feeney. And of course, if you don't follow Husey Entertainment, what's wrong with you? Husey posts like 10 video clips a day. They're always funny. They're always uh, interesting from his uh, shoot interviews with wrestlers and comedians and directors. Husey Entertainment. All right, let's get to my interview with Jay Bartlett. But first, some words for my sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Go to BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. 
You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, there's a special deal for the listeners of the Mike Durban Show. Just go over to bluechew.com, that's B-L-U-E, chew.com, and get your first shipment absolutely free when you use our special promo code, DURBAND, D-U-R-B-A-N-D. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, chew.com. Promo code DURBAND to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Mike Durban Show. So the other day I was at the gym and I had my iPad mini and I'm on the elliptical and I'm always looking for stuff to watch. And I, I canceled my Netflix a while ago when Disney Plus came out. So I only have Amazon Prime on my iPad and I'm going on there searching for something to find. And I saw this uh, documentary called Nintendo Quest and it looked interesting. So I clicked on it and I watched the first hour of it and it was amazing. And I, as soon as I got home... Uh, I wanted to finish it right away, so I watched the rest of it, and basically, it's the story of uh, of a guy named Jay Bartlett from London, Ontario, Canada, and his friend dared him, or challenged him, to go out and find every Nintendo game that was made, the NES, the greatest console, uh, in 30 days or less, no eBay, no, inter- you know, nothing like that. Uh, he was going to travel across Canada and the United States to find these games. It was a brilliant movie. I loved everything about it. The music, the graphics, uh, the whole story of Jay and um, his collection. So when I finished watching it, I was I thought to myself, I, I'd like to have these guys on, on the show. And I hit Jay up on Twitter, and here we are. Jay, welcome to the Mike Durban Show. Mike, it's a pleasure to be here. Um I just want to first off say that your your professionalism is just awesome. I do, <laughs> I do appreciate that. I appreciate the amount of respect when you reached out to me and uh, we got our little meeting here. So yeah, I'm happy to be on your show, man. Awesome. Um, so this came out in 2014. When did you guys start the planning of it? 2013. Uh, Rob called me up and he said he wanted to do a documentary on collecting and uh, we kind of went from there, and we were, he was going to follow around three collectors. I collect a lot of toys and action figures, so he was going to follow three of us around our you know weekly routines and whatnot, and he really just kind of wanted to focus on me, um, so we eliminated the other two, 
which we didn't have, by the way. We didn't have anyone in mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure, we can go around, and there's a lot of pickup videos, and there's nothing wrong with pickup videos, so don't get me wrong, but it was kind of, it was a little dull. So then he kind of came up with almost this game show-ish kind of uh, rule list, you know. And um, one of the things that we miss about gaming today is the couch co-op stuff. And one of the first videos Rob and I ever made was in May of the year 2000. And that's when we went and we recorded ourselves going to EB Games in Canada here. And we bought Perfect Dark, which is still one of our favorite games of all time. And I remember we were going through the mall and he was recording me and people were looking at us like, what are you guys doing? Well, we're recording ourselves getting Perfect Dark. And they're like, why? No one's going to watch this crap. So that's kind of how it started. Um, so when I was doing my research, I found out that Rob McCallum, uh, it was your childhood friend. He's the he's the director of the film. He also uh, directed the Power of Grayskull documentary, which I saw when that first came out in Netflix. I was waiting for that to come out. I love Masters of the Universe. Uh, it's my favorite. And I love this documentary. So it, this is amazing that Rob also did Nintendo Quest. So. You guys also have another project in the works, which we'll get to later on. But that one I am really, really looking forward to. But uh, we'll go back. What was your first video game experience? Uh, that's easy. That's It was at my aunt's house, and it was a version of Pong. Um, yes. I believe it was Pong 2, the Atari version, um, off the top of my head. And, yes, I'm that old, so yeah. that was my very first. Uh, the first memorable experience for me in video games was the empire strikes back on the 2600. So that was my first memory of like, wow, like I'm hooked on this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I had the same thing. I had a, I had a pong system. It was like a Sears version yep. of pong, uh, real generic, but that's the first thing I remember playing and, and I loved it, but we didn't have it for too long. I never had the Atari 2600 for some reason, but we did get the 5200 when that came out. And oh. I'm I'm just surprised that that it gets no love. Like nobody ever talks about the 5200. What what's your opinion on that one? It's it's a great system, man. I have a soft spot for uh, systems that didn't do well. Um, yeah. The 5200 was not very much more powerful than the 2600, and it was like a giant suitcase size system. Um, yeah. But I'm a huge fan of stuff like the 3DO and the Atari Jaguar, stuff that people just think is garbage nowadays. But So I, I'm with you there. Yeah, so after the 5200, then I eventually came upon the NES, which is the best system ever, in my opinion. Is that your favorite console? I, that's a good one, Mike. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's my favorite. I will say it's definitely, historically speaking, the most important. Uh, Nintendo, we wouldn't be here today playing anything without Nintendo. Uh, that's that's a fact. So uh, it's definitely up there. I don't know if it's my favorite, though. I'm really, really partial to uh, the N64. And um, like I said, the, the 3DO for some strange reason. Maybe it was that time in my life, the mid-90s, but I got a thing for that system. I just love it. Yeah. You guys go on the road. You start filming. You're, uh, you start off in Canada. You hit a couple local shops. And how many Nintendo games were there? I forgot the number. So there, there's more than we we had. Uh, what we had to do was narrow the list down so the audience would understand. Because if they didn't understand the quest, if we didn't set it up right, 
there's no stakes, right? So our list that we narrowed down was 678, and it was the retail games that were NTSC only. So the games that you could actually go into the store and buy. Okay. So that already took out Nintendo World Championships, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but as we were doing the research, you know, stadium events popped up, and I'm like, oh, well, that one doesn't count, does it? And we're like, oh, yep, it does, man. It was available for a very small time on the East Coast, um, down in New York, down that side, and it was uh, available strictly at a store called Woolworths uh, a long, long time ago, and um, it got recalled. So that was one that was on the list. So that that's what we came up with was uh, 678. You start off hot. You're picking up a few of them from your your friends, and then um, you guys are traveling. Then you come to Sid Bolton, who is a collector. You come to his house. Uh, was was his collection the best private collection that you saw? It's hard to say because Sid uh, uh, Sid sorry ran the uh, the personal computer museum as well as. Uh, 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 the video game museum in his house and literally every single room in his house, you would just turn the corner. There's another room. Then there's another room. Then there's another room. It just wouldn't end. And I, I never been in a collection where the entire living space was the collection. So through the journey, we saw a lot of collectors displaying their collections in really cool and different ways. And Sid's was really interesting in that it was his house. Yeah. You know, like we have bookshelves in this, but it was really like everywhere. Yeah. So, and Sid, Sid is a great guy. He uh, unfortunately passed away last year. And oh. Yeah, and it was just out of nowhere. But he was generous. And him and I did a panel last year, too, shortly mm. before that. But he's just one of the most generous guys. And he parted with Donkey Kong Jr. Math for me. Mm. And uh, that was out of his personal collection. That was something that Sid never did was was give away something from his collection. So. The graphic comes on the screen throughout the film, and it, it's uh, it's the top 20 most rare NES games. I never heard of any of these games before. Yeah. Did Before you guys started um, progress on the movie, did you ever play any of these? Uh, a few of them. Okay. Um, again, Rob and I not only grew up together, we grew up two houses down from each other, so we were constantly playing games. And it was different. Back in the 80s, right? I mean, when yeah. you got a game, uh, you know, you're a kid, right? So you get a game for your birthday and maybe for Christmas. So a couple times a year, if you were lucky. And no matter what the game was, if it was terrible or not, you still played it. Yep. Uh, Rob's a big fan of a Data East game called Werewolf, which I think is just awful. <laughs> he yeah. loves it, right? Because it was one of the games that he got. And you kind of just played it, right? So. Yep. I have an NES emulator. What's your opinion on emulators? Um, I'm not a fan of um, anything digital. Okay. Now, let me let me be careful when I say this. I understand digital, like digital comic books and and downloading libraries of games. I get it. Mm-hmm. I don't find any kind of satisfaction in that. It's very easy. Uh, but our good friend Mason Kramer, who's in the film, who has the uh, Mario Three World record, he says in it, you know. If I show you, uh, you know, a thousand games on my computer, you're not impressed. But if you turn around and you see a thousand carts or CDs on a shelf, now that's impressive. Uh, there's something to be said for us as human beings. We need to we need to touch. It's one of our senses, right? So I'll always be partial to something that you can hold and you actually own, right? Yeah. 
there's a scene later on where you were very hesitant to purchase the number one rare game stadium events over the internet from somebody you didn't know. I can totally relate to that. Uh, I collect. Do you remember Superpowers action figures? Of course. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that's one of my collections, and uh, I don't know if you can see it. Can you see that? Oh wow, dude! Wow. Yeah. So wow. I have every superpower figure except for the cyborg, which is the most rare one. Cyborg, yep. Yeah. So I've had this collection. I have every single figure except cyborg, and it's been this way for about five years now because I'm scared to buy it from somebody online. You know, and your the game you were looking to buy was was over four thousand dollars, right? That's what he wanted for it. Um, okay. To clarify, nothing was purchased online. Uh, we got in contact with him online. That's right. Uh, but he wanted because we wanted to do this old school, right? We didn't want to use the internet. We wanted to get off our butts off the couch and go to the stores because back in the day, like I said with the Perfect Dark earlier in the intro. Half the fun of getting the game was going to the game store with your buddy or going to the comic store with your buddy, right? And the adventures that you get into on the way. Yeah. Um, so he wanted us to come down to Florida, and it wasn't in the budget. And he didn't understand that, you know, we have a film crew. There's like six or seven of us. We can't just, <laughs> you know, hop on a plane when we have this itinerary and we have a map of where we're going. So, and it just got weirder and weirder and i don't think anything less of josh um it just didn't work out so yeah. and it just it started you know in your gut when it doesn't feel right so we were like yeah i just kind of abandoned that deal yeah so i'm gonna just go through a, a quick list of games that i had back you know i had the actual cartridge um and i want just just give me a, a quick opinion on these games uh, do you remember 1942 uh it's a brilliant game. Uh, yes. 1983 is better. It's Capcom. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, this one is uh, Adventures in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, I believe that's also Capcom. Is yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a Disney game. Yeah. Yeah, very strange game, but um, yeah, I loved it. Uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future um, was made by LJN, who are a notoriously bad video game developer, but on the other side are a fantastic toy maker. Yes. Um, so this was them trying to enter into the game market, and unfortunately, you know, they had more money than brains, in my opinion. So they buy the licenses and spend so much money on getting um, Michael you know, J. Fox. And this part, yeah. they spent so much money getting Michael J. Fox on the cover. They had very little to develop the game. So what you ended up with was a mess that is Back to the Future. Yeah. California games. It's not bad. Uh, it's uh, an okay port of a PC title. It's all right. Yeah. Now, this is a, a really strange game. Um, Ikari Warriors. Yeah, SNK. SNK is a fantastic Japanese company that are responsible for making the Neo Geo, which is an unsung hero because it was so damn expensive back in the day. I mean, if you had a Neo Geo, man, you were like the kid because these games were like $300 each, right? Uh, So Kai Warriors was okay. It was kind of like a bad version of Contra, in my opinion. Yep. Did you ever play Jaws? I did, Sam, LJN, right? It was yeah. Not too bad. It, it was a little, like, you could kind of understand what it was, where Back to the Future was just, like, nonsense, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, this was probably one of my favorite games, and um, I don't know if there was any sequel. I don't know if, if other people like this game or not, but it was one of my favorites. Kid Nicky. I haven't played that one, no. Okay. It's good, yeah, it's good. It's, yeah, I loved it back when I was a kid, and uh, you guys really uh, stressed the importance of artwork, of, of box artwork in the film. There's a little uh, section about that, and this, Kid Nicky had some amazing box artwork. Um, before we get too far ahead, if you love box art, um, that is a, a docu-series that, that Rob made. It's called Video Game Box Art. So oh. just go to robmccallumfilms.com and you can find the link to that. If you're into box art, man, this is – he goes in-depth, talks to all the artists. Um, yeah, it's really great. And then sort of similar, it's a karate game, Kung Fu, the, the Nintendo one. You call it a black box game? Yeah. Black Box refers to uh, the original NES games where they basically just screen capped um, and, and just put it on a black box. It was very simple, but there's something about those that are so iconic. They're so simple, but they're just so wicked. And they're very much like very early 2600 games. You know, we had baseball, so- like just generic baseball, soccer, 10-yard fight, stuff like that. Yeah. Probably the strangest game I ever played. And it's weird because it's such a huge property. It's the game Superman. Superman, yeah. I don't think I played it too much. Oh. On, uh, <laughs> I, I played it on 64. We all know what that's like. But yeah. um, no, the NES is not good, I take it. It is. I, I don't even know. If, I think it might be like Mario 2. You know how it was made to be something else and then they just yeah. switch it to Mario? I think that's what this was. It was some weird Japanese game, I think. And then they just slapped a cape on the little figure. And if if you get a chance, go on YouTube and look up NES Superman. It's the most bizarre game you've ever seen. It is so weird. I don't know what the what the idea was for this one, but uh, to, to to make money, obviously, right? And yeah, anyone yeah. A DC fan or a Superman fan probably bought it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw the box artwork. It had regular comic book artwork, so we bought it and then uh, take it home and. Like you said earlier, uh, even if it was a bad game, you still had it in your rotation. You still played it. This one, I saw you. I remember the moment in the in the documentary when you picked this one up. Winter Games. <laughs> yeah, that was in my hometown here. That was, I think, on the last day. We did one more trip to the local shops in our town of London here, and yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. I remember. The first time I, I got Winter Games when I was a kid, it actually had Karnoff inside, which is really weird. Someone switched the case. Mm-hmm. So I never actually got to play Winter Games. I, I had Karnoff, and Karnoff was a great game. So I guess it worked out back then. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to spoil the ending of the documentary. I want everyone to go watch this. Um, where can they see this? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's on iTunes. Um, actually, if you go on robmccallumfilms.com, that is the best place to find out the source of, of all our projects, really. Okay. So, yeah, robmccallumfilms.com. With your collections, I see you got a lot of uh, action figures and video games. When you collect stuff, is it is part of it trying to recreate your childhood? Uh, no, because I, I never said goodbye to it. Okay. Uh, I was the weird kid when I was 21, 22 and people, you know, were kind of looking at me like, why are you buying toy biz, Marvel, Deadpool and cable? I'm like, they never had these figures before cable and Deadpool are brand new characters. And 
they're like, yeah, but why do you want those? And I remember buying them and not wanting to play with them, but I still wanted to collect them. So I was that kid who, you know, you would still live at home, you know, and you would come in my room and I'd have figures and same with the old games, man. You know, when Super Nintendo came out and 64 came out, all my buddies were dumping the old stuff to get the new and I never wanted to get rid of it. Right. I always saw them as like, a, you know, a great band or a great film that you love. It's like, well, you know, sure, the graphics are great on the 64, but I, I'm going to want to play Mario 3 again. So yep. why would I get rid of it? You know what I mean? Yep. You know, I thought a lot about it when I was watching this. I'm like, that's that's what it is with me. I'm trying to recreate the happy years of my childhood. That's why I love to get the uh, superpowers. I have um, a huge Masters of the Universe collection behind me. That's what I love, man. So, and and all my stuff, tragically, my mom either threw it out or sold it or something. So I don't. Ha- I had to rebuild everything from scratch. And then I'll never forget the day my brother took all of our Nintendo games. I mean, it was a stack. It was probably thirty games. Yeah. He t- he took them without my knowledge of it to uh, Funko Land, which was before GameStop. And he traded in like 30 Nintendo games for maybe two used Super Nintendo games. And I was furious, man. We all have that story of the mom that sold the whatever. Um, I I definitely think, to get back to your original question, I definitely think there is nostalgia tied to it. Um, You know, I am simply who I am today because of my mom. That's just the way it is. She raised me on Star Wars. There's no, like, that is in me, and it will always be in me. The video game's the same, you know. It's I owe everything to her that way. So, again, for me to get rid of some of this stuff, like, what was I going to do with the money, you know what I mean? Well, I want to buy another Luke Skywalker or whatever. So, for me to sell it, it wouldn't make any sense, right? Because I would just want to go out and buy that stuff again. Yeah. And I think, as, you know, as long as you, you have a – a healthy control over things and it doesn't take over your life, then there's nothing wrong with any hobby you're into. So you also love star Wars. Um, do you have, I saw in one of your YouTube videos, you had a lot of the newer figures. Do you have your vintage collection still? I do. I don't have much carded. Uh, I mean, I was a kid. I opened it, right? Like I was two years old when star Wars came out. So, I mean, I opened them and played with them. I still have all the figures from when I was a kid, absolutely, yeah. Um, and the YouTube thing is brand new for me. I'm usually um, in front of the camera, so doing the YouTube is brand new. Just a few months of me shooting and editing things, that's all new to me, and I'm having a blast with it. It's a fun hobby, for sure. Yeah, so we can check out the Jay Bartlett show, and that's on YouTube? Yeah, just search Jay Bartlett. There's me, and I think there's a guy who's an exorcist named Jay Bartlett, which is, you know, I got to beat his subs. So come on, guys, help me out there. I think he's in the thousands, though, so I got a way to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to congratulate you. You and Rob just signed the deal for Action Figure Adventure. We did. We sold it. It's going to be uh, played in Canada here. Um, we're very, very proud of the, the achievement. We've been shooting this docu series all year. Uh, there's still there's still stuff to shoot, uh, but we've been shooting since probably this time last year, and we're incredibly proud of it. Um, just like video games, it's a subject matter near and dear to our hearts. So basically, I'm taking my own money. We're going around on another road trip, and the items I deem worthy 
I'm purchasing and I'm auctioning them off sometime this year with all the proceeds going to the Children's Health Foundation, which is an organization that I, I, I believe in highly. Mm-hmm. So I get to experience these cool toys and rare pieces, but at the end of the day, they go to a, a better cause than my own collection. So Yeah. Uh, so there's a Kickstarter for this, right? There is, yeah. You can just go on kickstarter.com and search action figure adventure, and this is your chance to get a physical DVD or Blu-ray. I don't know if we're going past Blu-ray. That's all Rob's decision. Uh, But this is your chance to get a physical disc of the docuseries. Um, I don't know if it's going to be your only chance because, like I said, it's going to be in syndication. Again, that's, that's all up to Rob and the deal that we've made. So, yeah, just go to kickstarter.com, and uh, we're going to have a bunch of different reward tiers as well. So, All right, Jay, I want to I thank you so much for, uh, for your time. I had a great time watching this movie twice. Uh, I wish you great success with uh, Action Figure Adventure, The Jay Bartlett Show. Uh, where can we follow you on Twitter? So Twitter is just jbartlett75. Uh, Facebook is just jbartlett. Everything that is me, I don't have any – Fun or crazy handles is just my name. So just just search me on Instagram, social media. You'll be able to find me. I always love talking to people like you, Mike, uh, passionate fans. And I commend you on your Superpowers collection because the Superpowers Batman, Robin, and Batmobile are still the best versions of those said characters. So, um, yeah, let's hope you finish that collection sometime this year. Funny you mentioned that, uh, Batmobile and the Batman and Robin. That's what restarted my whole collection of the line. It was, I think it was around 2004 or five. I had just randomly, I had a dream one night of me playing with the Batmobile and Batman and Robin. Just those three things. And then um, it was so vivid. And then I went on eBay the next day and I found them for a really good price. And once I got them and they were carded, you know, I like to get them on card and then I open them. You know, I, I don't want anybody touching these. I want them. Uh, I want to be the only person that opened them. So um, I bought them new, brand new, and uh, once I held them, it just ignited in, in me uh, a quest, like you had the Nintendo Quest, to yeah. get all these figures. So I got all the ones that I had, which was only the first two waves. But then I went beyond that. I got the ones that I never had, except for the cyborg. So, yep. But that Batmobile is the best Batmobile toy ever made. You're right. So. It's 100% the, the color scheme of that Batman. And I don't profess to know everything about Batman, far from it. But um, I'll also say along that line, the uh, the Green Arrow is by far my favorite figure. That Green Arrow is incredible. And if you have the arrows with him too, man, that's those are the hardest things I think in the whole line to keep. Because they're yeah. so tiny, right? Yeah. All right, Jay, thanks for coming on the Mike Durban Show. Thanks, mate. Anytime. Well, that's the show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to my guest, Jay Bartlett. Check out Nintendo Quest and Action Figure Adventure. Thanks again to Joe Feeney and the Creative Control Network. Please follow the Creative Control on Twitter at Network one And don't forget to follow me on social media if you don't already do it. Thank you so much. Bye for now.